and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money, work less, so you can enjoy even better work-life balance. And back rack here. Today, we have a super special guest with us. Michelle Seiler Tucker is the founder and CEO of Seiler Tucker Incorporated. As a 20-year veteran in mergers and acquisitions, Michelle and her firm have sold over a thousand companies in almost every vertical. Michelle is the best-selling author of the book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth, and her latest book, Exit Rich, is now available. Now, in addition to being featured in Inc. and Forbes, Entrepreneur Magazine, and USA Magazine, Michelle makes regular radio and TV appearances on Fox Business News and CNBC. She's spoken alongside many prominent speakers such as Eric Trump, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kathy Ireland, Donna Karen, Stedman Graham, Randy Zuckerberg, and Steve Wozniak, and so many more. Her passion is to save businesses that might otherwise close. So by identifying and correcting the top mistakes business owners make, Michelle will fine tune a business into a well-oiled machine. And I'm sure Michelle will have some great insight for us today that will help us be even more successful so we can exit rich. Welcome, Michelle. Appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Anne. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, let's just get right into it. So, All right. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how does an entrepreneur create, build, and grow a business where they could exit rich? So basically, how does someone build a sustainable, scalable, and sellable business? I know that's a big question. <laughs> that's a huge question. <laughs> it, it's an important question. And the reason it's such an important question is because, according to Steve Forbes, 80% of businesses on the market will never sell. 80%. That's a pretty startling statistic facing business owners, especially baby boomers. You know, you have less than a 20% chance of actually selling your business. So it's a huge question and all business owners really need to, to pay attention. And it's the main reason I wrote my book, Exit Rich, which was endorsed by Steve Forbes. So first and foremost, Anne, one of the biggest mistakes that business owners make is that they don't think about their exit. They don't plan their exit. They don't plan for the sale of their business until a catastrophic event occurs, whether that's internal or external. Internal could be health issues, partner disputes, divorce, death, external to this pandemic we've been living in for the last year and a half. And the worst time to sell your business is during a catastrophic event because the business is typically doing poorly and trending downward. And you're not going to be able to maximize value. You'll probably end up selling for pennies on a dollar. So we need to really go back to the basics and say, if you want to have a successful exit, first and foremost, you have to change your mindset. You have to stop thinking about your business as your baby. Your business is not your baby. <laughs> your babies are at home. Go home, love them, hug them, kiss them. Your, your business is your most valuable asset. So your business is your nest egg, your retirement fund. You must start with the end in mind, like Stephen Covey says, and plan your exit from the beginning. And in my book, Anne, I call this the, the STGPS exit model. And Anne, if you want to drive somewhere, what's the first thing you do? You pull out your phone, you go to Google Maps, and what do you plug in? The address. 
the address. You plug in the address, you plug in your destination. And that's the problem with most business owners is most business owners don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. They don't have a destination. They don't have an end game. They don't have a desired sales price. So we work with our clients to say, okay, first things first, let's plan your GPS exit model. So let's determine your destination. That's your desired sales price. Let's say you want to sell your company for $5 million. Boom, now we have a number. And, and everyone gets hung up on a number, but it's just a number. You can adjust it along the way. The second most important thing is the GPS model needs to know where are you starting from? What is your current location? In other words, in business, what is your current evaluation? What is your business worth today? And most business owners never, ever get a business evaluation. They don't think about getting a business valuation until they think about selling during a catastrophic event. And then they're shocked to realize the fact that their business is not worth near what they thought it would be worth and what they need in which to retire on. So you must get evaluation every single year because there are events that increase valuations or events that decrease valuations. So you need an annual valuation checkup. So let's say you want to sell for $5 million and your business is currently worth a million dollars. And by the way, you get these evaluation checkups from a mergers and acquisitions advisor, not necessarily a CPA, because most CPAs, that's not really their core competency. They're not, they don't specialize in evaluating businesses and evaluations are more of an art rather than a science. You need to know how to evaluate synergies. So let's say you, you want to sell for $5 million, you're worth a million. The next step in the process is knowing your time frame. When do you want to sell your business? Let's say you want to do this in 10 years. Then you need to determine who your buyers are going to be. Now, notice I said buyers, not buyer. You never want to have one buyer looking at your business because in all likelihood that one buyer will fall apart. So you need backup buyers. Plus, it's hard to maximize value when we can't create when we can't create a bidding war because we have no competition. There's five types of buyers. First-time buyers are 90%. They buy small businesses like coffee shops, restaurants, pizzerias. Then we have the second type of buyer, which is turnaround specialists. They buy distressed assets. They don't buy $5 million companies. Then we have private equity groups. They buy based on platforms and add-ons. A platform is, let's say, they want to get in healthcare and they're not currently in healthcare. They won't even look at a healthcare business unless it has over $3 million in EBITDA. EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. If they're already in healthcare, they already have a healthcare platform, then they will consider add-ons underneath a million in EBITDA. And so private equity groups are great buyers. Also, number four buyers are strategic slash competitors. They buy synergy, so they typically will pay the highest multiple for your company. And then the next type of buyer is, last type of buyer is sophisticated entrepreneurs or industry agnostic. They chase EBITDA. So if you're trying to sell your business for $5 million, it's going to be the last three buyers. And now you need to ask yourself, now that you have this plan, you need to reverse engineer and figure out where do the numbers need to be. If you want to sell for $5 million, where's your gross revenues, your COGS, most importantly, your EBITDA? Where does the EBITDA need to land? To sell for $5 million, your EBITDA is going to have to be around $1 million, depending upon your synergies. Then you look at those buyers and you ask yourself, you need to figure out, well, what are the synergies they're looking to buy? 
what is their buying criteria? And you build your business to meet their specific criteria. It's kind of like, and when business owners start a business, like here's my widget, here's my ideal target market. And they build everything to meet their ideal target market's specific buying criteria. Your business is your widget. Your buyers is your target market. You need to figure out what they're willing to pay top dollar for and build your business to meet their specific criteria. Does that make sense? Totally. Absolutely. And then the last step in that equation is the why. Nothing in life gets done without a powerful why behind it. If business was easy, everyone would be doing it. If it was easy to sell a business for $5 million, everyone would be doing it. So you have to have a powerful why to keep you motivated, keep you in the game, keep you hungry, keep you weathering all the financial storms. So that's where we like to start with is the mindset. Think of your business as an asset. Plan this exit model because even if you never think about selling your business, at least you'll have a sellable asset and you'll set your family up for success. I just had a lady call me from Texas. Her husband dropped dead of a heart attack, left her with a mountain of debt, and she wanted me to sell his company. He had no employees because he had built himself a glorified job rather than building himself a business. He had all 1099s and all subcontractors. Plus, he had no processes. He wasn't operating on all six cylinders. And all the data was in his head. So when he died, the business died. So the next thing that we work with our clients is after they build that GPS exit model, we work with them on building the solid infrastructure, the solid foundation in their company, which we call this running on all six cylinders and all the solid Tucker 6Bs. Awesome. So here's, here's a question going back to valuation. Where would someone go? Who would they look for or what entity would they look for to actually get a business valuation and get a, an accurate one based on their business in their industry? Because I'm assuming that people who value businesses, do valuations, have different specialties, maybe in different industries. Is that correct? No, that's not correct. Um, okay. I've been in business for over 20 years. We've sold over a thousand companies. We're industry agnostic. We've pretty much sold businesses in every single vertical you can imagine. Um, but the best place to get an evaluation, as I stated earlier, is not necessarily your accountant, not necessarily your CPA. The best place to get an evaluation is through a mergers and acquisitions advisor. Uh, because M&A advisors typically know how to evaluate businesses. Now, not all are created equal. Not all M&A advisors look at the synergies like we do. When we do valuations, we don't just look at the EBITDA. We're also going to look at your business based upon these six cylinders, these six Bs. And we're going to evaluate the business based upon the synergies. Valuation, like I said earlier, is more of an art rather than a science because valuation values what a buyer is willing to pay for it. So if a business operates on all six Bs and they have proprietary assets, proprietary synergies like contracts, patents, trademarks, you know, celebrity endorsements, things of that nature. Um, some of these buyers, the five types of buyers that we talked about, strategic competitors, pegs will pay a lot more money for those proprietary assets. So when we do evaluations, we don't just look at the numbers, we look at the synergies and we look at our buyers and what our buyers are needing in which to catapult their current business to the next level and which buyers will pay top dollar for those synergies. Does that make sense? Yep. Are there certain kinds of businesses that have a higher probability to sell well versus others? Absolutely. 
<laughs> the businesses that have EBITDA of over a million dollars. <laughs> it's not so much about the industry. Everybody thinks it's about the industry. Now, there are industries that are in high demand. IT is in high demand, staffing, manufacturing, distribution, healthcare. Those are all high demand industries. But any business that has over a million dollars in EBITDA will have a tremendous amount of buyers and will sell much quicker. And the reason for that is because there are more buyers for good businesses than there are good businesses to buy. <laughs> that makes total sense, unfortunately, <laughs> right? It sounds so common, right? <laughs> it sounds so simple, but it's true. I mean, there's, you know, there's not that many businesses. There's 30.2 million businesses in the United States. It's a very few percentage of them actually have over a million dollars in EBITDA. But there's so many buyers for those businesses over a million dollars in EBITDA. That's why we can create bidding wars for those type of companies. So the goal, the objective is to increase EBITDA. Okay, so what are some of the strategies that would help someone to sell their business for more than it's worth? Do you have any specifics around that? Yeah, so one is what I talked about, planning your exit from the beginning. If you wake up one day and say, oh, I want to sell my business, in all likelihood, you're not going to get maximum value because you haven't built an asset that someone actually wants to buy. So that's number one. Number two, creating your business with the solid infrastructure on the six Ps. Number one is people. You know, <laughs> so many business owners, so many entrepreneurs have created themselves a glorified job that they go to work at every day versus a business that actually works for them. Business owners have to focus on their strengths, hire their weaknesses, work on your business, not in your business. You don't build a business and we build people and people build the business. So number one P is people. Got to have the right people in the right seats and we got to ask the who question. Who opens the doors? Who handles customer service, marketing, legal, accounting, manufacturing, distribution, logistics, quality control? The clue is you should never be next to the who. So businesses are not going to maximize value if they don't have people and if they're a thousand percent dependent upon the owner. Number two is product. You know, so we're talking about right now, how do you maximize value? How do you get the highest value for the sale of your business, correct? Absolutely, yep. So product is the other one. You have to ask yourself, is your industry thriving or dying? You know, when I wrote my very first book, Sell Your Business for More Than It's Worth in 2013, I did the research and learned that 90% of all startups will go out of business. We all know that, that's common sense. Startups are at great risk. But when I wrote Exit Rich in 2019 and did the exact same research, I was flabbergasted to learn that the business landscape has flip-flopped. It has actually switched. Startups are not at risk anymore. Only 30% of startups are going out of business now. It's those businesses that have been in business for 10 years or longer. Out of 27.6 million companies, businesses that have been in business 10 years or longer, 70% of them are going out of business. 70%. You hear about it in the media all the time, but you only hear about the public companies like Toys R Us, Kmart, Steinmark. But they don't talk about the private businesses. These private businesses are exiting poor, not rich, selling for pennies on the dollar, closing their business, or even worse, filing bankruptcy. The number one reason for this is because of lack of AIM, A-I-M. AIM is always innovate and market, always innovate and market. So product is huge. So look at your industry and ask yourself, is it dying, is it thriving? Do you have an Amazon and you're in your prime? If so, that's when you should be selling your business. 
or do you have a blockbuster and you're about to go bust? So product is huge. You also need multiple revenue streams. The reason why so many businesses went out of business during the pandemic, especially restaurants, is because they have one way they get paid. They have one profit center. They get paid by, by patrons coming in, eating, or taking food to go. They don't have e-commerce. They don't have products that they sell. They're not getting paid any other way other than customers eating in or taking food out. So you have to have multiple congruent revenue streams. Processes is another big one. A lot of businesses are inefficient and unproductive and lose money because they have inefficient processes. Processes need to be designed with the customer experience in mind. They need to be efficient, productive, and well-documented. Proprietary assets is the number one value driver. This is the fourth P. This is what can take you from, let me just give you a crash course really quickly in, in evaluations. If you have a business under a million dollars in EBITDA, pretty much every industry except for SaaS will trade from multiple of EBITDA or seller's discretion earnings or EBIT. And it will typically trade from anywhere from one to three and a half times EBITDA, SDE, EBIT. Unless you're in SaaS business, then you'll get a multiple of revenue. Now, businesses over a million dollars in EBITDA will typically trade starting at five and up. Proprietary assets is what will help you sell a business for more than what it's worth on paper. And these proprietary assets are the highest value driver. Number one is trademarks. I'm sorry, number one is branding. Let me back up, there's six pillars. I'll, I'll go through them really quickly. Number one is branding. The more well-branded you are, the more I can sell your company for. Nobody's paying any money for blockbusters because they went bust. The most valuable brand in the world is Apple. Apple is worth over $359 billion just for the brand, not including cash flow, inventory, assets, or anything else, just the brand. So build your brand. Trademarks are valuable. The biggest mistake the business owners make around trademarks is they get a local trademark in their state. They never check the federal database to make sure it's available. I've seen business owners in business five, 10, 15 years, all of a sudden they have to, all of a sudden they receive a letter that they have to cease and desist because they never got a federal trademark. So protect your IP. Patents are huge. If you ever watch Shark Tank, every shark asks about patents. We sold a company for $18 million that really wasn't making any money, but they had 18 patents. Contracts are really valuable. Manufacturing contracts, distribution, vendor agreements, franchise order has franchisees, client contracts are the most valuable of all, but here's the caveat to contracts. I've never met a business owner in the 20 years I've been doing this that has gotten this right. <laughs> you need a two-sentence transferability clause that says this contract is transferable upon a new entity. 98% sales are our asset sales. If your contracts are not transferable and the buyer refuses to do a stock sale and your clients won't agree to consent to transfer, your whole deal can fall apart. So you want to be proactive and get the right language in your contracts. And then also databases are huge. Facebook paid... $19 billion for WhatsApp, and WhatsApp was hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging. But they had a billion users. They had a synergy that Facebook knew they could ROI and monetize. So that's what we're talking about right now are these synergies. And then celebrity endorsements, radio personalities. And we have a client that has their things endorsed by Oprah. Well, strategists will pay a lot of money for that because they want their products also endorsed by the queen of everything. Same thing with radio personalities. They can only endorse one vertical at a time. So if you've got a, a radio personality endorsing your skincare company, they can't endorse any other skincare company. Nobody can bump you from those spots. Same thing with e-commerce businesses. Any top positions 
on Wayfair, Amazon, Etsy. Strategists will pay more money for this. These are proprietary synergies that buyers are looking for. Um, the last P is patrons. If you have customer concentration, and most businesses follow the 80-20 rule where 80% of the revenue comes from 20% of their clients. If you lose a couple of clients, you're going to be out of business, no doubt about it. Plus, it's going to make it very difficult to sell your business because most buyers are fearful of customer concentration. And then the last P is profits. If the business is not profitable, yes, you can still sell it. Yes, you can still make a huge profit if you have those proprietary assets we just talked about. Lack of profits is never the problem. Lack of profits is never the problem. It's a symptom of not running on the other five Ps. So this is how you build up value. This is how you get more money for your business. We're able to create bidding wars for companies that have and are operating on all six cylinders. Okay, so just to recap, the six principles are people, product, processes, proprietary, patrons, and profits. Yep. Awesome. And in this pandemic, pivot, if you want to add a seven one. <laughs> <laughs> pivot, yeah, okay, that's a good one. <laughs> and then I'll give you an eighth one. We still need to be passionate. <laughs> well, I think that's super important as well. Okay. Uh, the another, another thing that we see is a lot of businesses are using 1099s versus W-2s. And you can get away with that in some industries, but you need to check the boxes and make sure that you're following the rules. Because if you're not, um, for instance, we had a manufacturing plant that had 1099s in their warehouse and on their manufacturing floor. They had no workers' comp on those 1099s because they're not employees or 1099s, so there's no workers' comp. If one of those employees gets hurt, and sues that business owner, they will win. That business owner will go out of business, have to probably file bankruptcy as well. Plus, the IRS will come after them and do an audit and find them on every 1099 that was supposed to be an employee. Also, keep your intellectual property in a separate corporation. If you get sued or something happens in your business, you don't want your IP to be at risk. So you want to make sure that you keep that in a separate entity. One of the biggest pro, uh, profit mistakes that I see is I think it's one or two out of five business owners will be embezzled during their term of running their business. And so embezzlement is huge. And the big reason for that is because a lot of times business owners will you know, hire a bookkeeper, they'll have someone in accounting, and they trust, but they don't verify. They don't have the checks and balances in place to make sure that nobody's stealing from them. So you need to put the right people in the right seats. You need to empower people to make decisions, but you should always never take your eye off of everything. Always trust, but verify. Always inspect what you expect. So embezzlement is a huge, huge um, profit mistake. Trillions and trillions of dollars every year is stolen from business owners. This is a lot. And unfortunately, I do know a couple business owners who did have people embezzle from them. And they mm -hmm. were, they thought they were their like best friends, yep. even though they were an employee and they just befriended them and hung out with them and their kids. And, you know, all these, you hear all these stories and embezzled millions, which is just sad. And I'm sad to hear that that does happen so much, you know, with other yeah, businesses. It happens as a well. lot. 
Wow. That's just that's just terrible. Well, I'm curious, what inspired you to write Exit Rich? Well, what inspired me is everything that we've been talking about here today. You know, that 80 percent of businesses don't sell. I think that that is um, heartbreaking for Mm -hmm. these entrepreneurs, especially these busy business owners that have invested time, energy, money, efforts, you know, over the last several years, decades in some cases, and have made huge sacrifices along the way. I mean, many of these business owners don't take vacations. You know, I just spoke to a business owner the other day. He said, Michelle, I haven't had a vacation in nine years, and I've missed all of my kids' activities. And his business is not sellable for a multitude of reasons. So I wrote Exit Rich to help educate business owners on how to build a business that's sustainable that you can scale and when you're ready, you actually have a sellable asset and you don't become part of the 70% of businesses going out of business. Plus you don't fall in that category of the 80% of businesses that will never sell. Excellent. So I believe you have a special offer around making it available to people today. I do, I do. So um, our, our Exit Rich actually just launched a couple weeks ago. And we are still offering bonuses for anyone that buys Exit Rich at ExitRichBook.com. You can buy Exit Rich at Amazon. You can go to all your major retailers. But at ExitRichBook.com, we will email you the digital download. So for $24.79 plus shipping costs, and we'll ship the hardcover to your doorstep to anyone that lives inside the United States, we will give you a lifetime membership in the Exit Rich Book Club. And that's a club where we have all kinds of training and and video content plus documents to run your business and sell your business. So we have sample policy and procedure manuals, employee handbooks, non-competes, sample letter of intents, purchase agreements, due diligence checklists, closing documents. All these documents are there for your review and your download. And I can promise you, if you went to your attorney to recreate all these documents, it'll cost you over $50,000 to do. So this is a huge value. Plus, we're given a 30-day free membership into Club CEOs, which is an entrepreneurship mastermind where we help business owners pivot and build that sustainable, scalable, and sellable business. All for $24.79 at ExitRichBook.com. And our main website is SiloTucker.com. That's awesome. That's amazing. So essentially, you're buying a book for $24.79 that actually could be worth millions. It could be worth millions. And and one little tweak in there could really change your business exponentially and not only make you more profitable, but also make your business sell for a lot more money than you ever thought possible. I mean, the bonuses alone is, is, you know, worth, I think, I mean, not just the 50,000 for part of that. I think it could be worth millions, you know, in addition to obviously all your insight that you provide in the Exit Rich book. So that's amazing. So everybody needs to jump over to ExitRichBook.com and get started. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Anne. (laughs) Any other uh, words of wisdom that you'd like to share before we close? You know, I always like to end with my favorite quote, and it's actually my quote. That's why it's my favorite, I guess. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of times entrepreneurs think, think it's lonely, and it doesn't have to be lonely. I mean, entrepreneurs love helping other entrepreneurs, and there's so many different, you know, networking groups like club CEOs that you can take advantage of and, and become a participant and a member of. 
so that you can network with like-minded individuals. I always say your your network equals your net worth. And, you know, entrepreneurship is all about finding the right mentor. I always say that it's hard to read the label from the inside of the bottle. You need an outsider's perspective to read the warning signs and keep you out of the danger zone. I love it. Well, thanks again for sharing your very valuable time with us. And I mean, I took a lot of notes. I'm sure the people listening took a lot of notes and now they can go um, get your book and get even more information. So I appreciate your very valuable time today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anne. It was a pleasure being with you. Well, my hope for our time together with Michelle is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful. Feel free to share my podcast with others as they can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And if you'd like to get a short daily fix from me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which also can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English speaking countries. And always remember to aim for what you want each and every day. Until next time, make it a great day today and every day. I appreciate you listening.